Inside a rough and ruthless newsroom, thousands of stories fight for the spotlight. Only a few survive past their 15 minutes of fame. So what makes for a good headline and what makes for a buried byline? Join us, two former TV news producers, as we dig up stories that never got the recognition or justice they deserve. I'm Mallory Wilson. I'm Megan DeLucine. And this is Buried Bylines. <laughs> Megan put in a personal request. I did. <laughs> she said, it's spooky season, so we have to cover something spooky. And I said, okay, I'll do you one better. I'll make it local and spooky. (gasps) Local and spooky? I love that. Yeah, because last week's episode was the Melissa Reynolds case, and it was just a lot. So I was like, we need to have fun. It's October. It's spooky. It's it's both of our favorite times of year. So Yes. But how great was Jenny? Like, she really made that episode so much better. Yeah, like she gave me goosebumps again when I listened to it. (laughs) She's awesome. Uh, All right, well, let's talk about some lore, some local lore surrounding this old-ass house. Okay. It's called the Nicholson Rand Mansion, and it's just outside of Indy. So, like, it's kind of Indy, kind of not. Why have I never heard of it in my life? Um, I don't know. But I will tell you that, like, I was first introduced to it when I was house hunting. My husband and I visited... We saw so many houses in this area. It's mm-hmm. so it's like the Valley Mills area, which is like okay. Camby, like southwest side near the airport kind of. We almost lived there too. We had a house where it passed the inspection but didn't pass the appraisal, so we were like goodbye. Yeah. There we probably looked at four or five houses down there and One day when we were driving to go see a house, we were like in the car and Jake gasped. And I was like, are we okay? What's (laughs) going on? (laughs) I was like, are we going to die in a car crash? And he was like, holy shit. And I was like, hello, what are you, what is going on? And he said, that's the house. I totally forgot about this house. And I was like, again, I'm like, can you please just clue me in to what we were talking about here? (laughs) And so I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he was like, the house right there is totally haunted. And I was like, okay. And we like (laughs) drove past it and it was like, we slowed down, we drove past it. And it was like this big yellow house. And he told me that the house was relocated in the late 90s and when it was relocated there was a picture taken and in the picture was a little girl spotted in like one of the windows and the house is I know the house is completely abandoned Ooh, that's freaky super freaky you'll have to remind me at the end to tell my uh haunted asylum story okay where I left my brother <laughs> because my God, wait, no, came. I know this story. That story is <laughs> so funny. Okay, that'll be instead of our uh, fun fact, we'll tell that story. Today. Yeah, yeah, yes, okay, yes, yeah. That is hilarious, especially like <laughs> if you know Megan's brother. It's just like so <laughs> freaking funny. Scary, but it's a good story now. <laughs> yeah, 
we've moved past it. So yeah. for this episode, I thought I would dig a bit more into the lore and then see what I could find in my own research about this house. All right. Okay. Here we go. According to the Southside Times, construction on the home began in 1870 by David Nicholson. So this is this is fucking old. I feel like anything pre-1900 is, that's really fucking old. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Nicholson was a Scottish born stonemason who moved to Indy to help work on the construction of the new Marion County Courthouse downtown. At the same time, he started building his own house just south of the city. It was a Victorian Gothic mansion oh. and it took about six years to build. So, the same Someone amount of there. time. I know, the same amount of time it took to construct the Marion County Courthouse, it took to build this house. Like, he was, like, yeah. he was, like, building the courthouse, going home, building the house. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And there's no doubt, like, this house was beautiful. There was intricate scroll work, decorated rafter tails, multiple dormer windows, and Nicholson. I know. They're so old, they're just, you just read them, you're they like, that's so fancy. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But Nicholson only lived in this house for three years. No, did he die tragically? No. (laughs) He got divorced. Oh. (laughs) Still tragic. He got divorced in 1879, and the home was sold to Allison Remy, a Marion County commissioner. According to Southside Times, Remy spent very little personal time in the house. Instead, she rented the mansion out to various tenants through the 1880s. That surprises me that a woman owned the house back then. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was a prestigious person. She held a city title. And from what I could tell, it sounds like she came from money. Like she, mm-hmm. her family owned a hotel. And I think that, you know, sometimes even if you were a woman, money can get you yes. places. She's a rich bitch. That's right. It's believed that the home sat empty through the 1890s until 1899 when the original builder and owner Nicholson died. On March 28, 1903, the home was acquired by John Lindsay Rand and his wife. The couple lived there for the rest of their lives. Their daughter Florence Beckett inherited the property in 1926. She already had her own house and a farm nearby, so she also rented out the home from the late 1920s through the 1950s. In the late 1950s, the property was donated to DePaul University, but the Southside Times states the university never really did anything with it. So over the years, it started to deteriorate. There were water leaks, break-ins, vandalism, squatters, but eventually it was sold again to a commercial developer with plans to knock it down. That was, I know, don't worry, it's still there. Okay. (laughs) That was until the Historic Landmarks Foundation of Indiana stepped in and acquired the home for preservation purposes. They determined under the home's condition that it would have to be moved. So in April of 1997, the house was hoisted onto a trailer and taken to a piece of land less than a mile down the road at the intersection of Southport and Mann. How do they do these 
things. How do you move a whole goddamn house? They cut the house in half. I'm also like, how do you cut a house in half? Right. And then put it back together. <laughs> and then put it back together. It's not Play-Doh. Like, how do yeah. you do this? It costs me two grand to, like, fix a shingle. So, like, I can't <laughs> imagine how expensive that was. I know. But while the house was in transit, Mike Fender, a photographer with the Indy Star newspaper, thought he had seen a figure in the upstairs window. Whoa. Fender said he shook it off and continued to snap pictures of the move. He ended up capturing the photo that has since sent the Nicholson Rand home into its, quote, present day paranormal notoriety. Whoa. Okay, I'm looking it up so you can keep talking. I'm going to show it to you if you want me to. I have it on my... Yes, let me see it. Let me share my screen. Let me see the ghosty. Well, because I was going to say there's so many renters like... Okay, do you want to see the colored photo or the picture that was published in the newspaper? The published one. Okay. Ooh, it's such a cool old house. So here's the house. (gasps) Is she in the middle? (laughs) That's scary. Oh Can my you god. See it? Yes. Okay, Ooh. I'm gonna show it to you in color now. No, I'm scared. I bet it's more scary. Fuck that. Absolutely <laughs> fuck that. Nope. No, no. Yeah. So Fender's photo appeared on the front page of the paper the next morning to the shock of many readers. Yeah. So in the photo. You can see what looks like the image of a little girl with light-colored hair staring out of the center second-story window, all while police and construction crews below move the house to its new location. Yeah. It didn't take long for the stories to start and for those stories to become local lore. The house was clearly haunted, right? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Fender said he felt like it was a natural anomaly. It had to be caused by a trick of the light on the window glass or some sort of reflection. However, the figure appears to be standing between the curtain and the window glass. And Mm -hmm. Fender said when the photo is blown up, regardless of the resolution, the figure does not distort in the photo. Ah! That's a haunted photograph, dude. That's a haunted... At the very least, it's a haunted picture. Right. Yeah, because so, it would distort, right? Yes. Oh, and in God. that... So the picture was printed in the newspaper in black and white. You can tell there's a figure there. But yeah. when you look at it in color, you can see the details that people start picking out. So it's a girl with blonde hair, light, yes. light-colored blonde hair. She's wearing a blue shirt. Or dress. You can very, it's, you know, there's not enough detail where you could see a face, but it's enough detail where you can see a figure. It looks like a little girl. But so was there a reason that they published it in black and white or did they just do that in the paper? I I don't know. When I looked up the paper and everything, it was in black and white. So I don't know if they just didn't. Because it was late 90s, right? Yeah. So they would have had color. But I mean, yeah, I feel like usually color is like the front page. And then the rest is, like, black and white on a newspaper, usually. Yeah. 
And when I looked it up, I would say, so this is like a front. It's not the front page of the newspaper. It was like the front page of this section of the newspaper. Gotcha. So, you know, when you see the front page, it's like all these headlines or whatever. This was like the local section. It was the first page of like the local Marion County news section. So, but it was right there, right on the front. Oh my God. And we'll get to that because what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, we will get there. But I want to walk through all of these unverified stories that started spinning out of control once people saw this picture and they were like, this house is haunted. And when people say things are haunted or they believe there's some sort of paranormal thing, they always try to tie it back to something. Like, that's why we care, right? We want to know who. Who is this little girl? Like, what is reason? Yeah. So naturally, it begins with the little girl. People want to know who she is. People were thinking maybe Nicholson and his first wife had a daughter, and it was her. The (laughs) the ghost of a former tenant who had fallen out of the window. Young girl who was accidentally killed in the nearby woods. (laughs) Casual. The ghost of a child buried in the nearby family cemetery. These are all like, sure, maybe, who knows? Yeah, literally, who knows? (laughs) Then there were more drastic claims. Uh Uh-oh. There was the tale of a former renter who allegedly hung himself to death in an upstairs bedroom. Accounts of blood dripping from the walls, muffled screams, and the odor of decaying flesh. Where did these come from? (laughs) Right. Then there's the leap that the home was a stop on the Underground Railroad where slaves died in an accidental basement fire. Again, none of these stories have ever been verified for the Nicholson Rand mansion. Still, multiple websites claim that this house is one of the most haunted sites in the country. I've never heard of it. I know. Yahoo named it the most haunted house in the state of indiana i found this all a bit strange because the mansion is old nearly 150 years old at this point but unlike other old homes that have ghost stories or tales of hauntings passed down these stories surrounding this home only started within the last 20 years because of the photo because of the photo wow Yeah, I had never heard of that house before, so for Yahoo to be like, it's the most haunted house in Indiana. Yes. I thought that was the Gary house, the demon house. That's what I would think, too, right? Yeah. So, I decided to see what I could find out about this property myself. Let's set the record straight on probably one of the, like, biggest things that I saw that has no, absolutely no merit because it's just factually incorrect. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, all these claims about, like, the Underground Railroad regarding the Nicholson Mansion, just not correct. I followed a lead that suggested indie residents got this property mixed up with the Hannah House, which is located near the Garfield Park South neighborhood. Okay. And according to Fox 59, the 24-room house was built in 1858 by Indiana State Legislator Alexander Hanna and was 
actually a part of the Underground Railroad. Yeah, because Indiana, yeah, Indiana has a couple places that were for sure like part of the Underground Railroad. Like in Westfield, you can actually do a ghost tour near where some old ones were. Same with this Hannah house. I think people just were like, they were literally grasping at straws and they got, they heard this story about this other house and just like lumped them together. Yeah, so they were like, another old house, probably this. Yes, which is upsetting because like this is actually historical right stuff here because I mean if you don't know which I mean honestly I'm kind of scared kids don't know stuff like this now but the Underground Railroad was a system that helped slaves escape north before and during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. In 1820, the first long-distance route on the Underground Railroad was formed from North Carolina to Indiana. And it's not an actual railroad if you're very young and listening and schools don't teach you this anymore. It was a series of houses. They There were some, like, underground tunnels, but it's not just, like, one long underground, like, tunnel. It's just, yeah, a bunch of houses, a bunch of places, a bunch of nice people helping people get to freedom. Exactly. Fox 59 reports that Alexander Hanna hid runaway slaves in the basement of his home. One night, while a group of slaves was waiting to leave their hiding spot, an oil lamp was knocked over, and the basement went up in flames, trapping and ultimately killing the slaves. Okay, so that's where that comes from. Yes. WRTV reports that Hannah ended up burying the charred bodies in the cellar's dirt floor to cover up the incident as quickly as possible for fear of retribution and his part in aiding the slaves. Yeah. Because another history lesson is if people were found helping slaves escape slavery or compounds or whatever, they would be prosecuted and sent to jail. Yes. Or killed because it was lawless back then. Especially in Indiana. Yeah. So there's where that one came from. It didn't come out of the blue. It's just wrong. It's just the wrong location. (laughs) Correct. Okay. Investigators and past owners of the house believe those souls still haunt the Hannah house. Yeah. Several people have witnessed ghostly figures and heard moaning or whispering in the cellars. <laughs> no. Fox 59 <laughs> reports the mansion was given the nickname the house that reeks death because one of the bedrooms would occasionally smell like rotting flesh and the next day oh, no. it would smell like roses. What? <laughs> I don't know. You Rose can is. see where the lines were crossed, though, between the two houses. Yes. And a lot yes. of those local lores regarding the Nicholson mansion seem to be pure confusion about right. the very real Hannah house. Yes. And by the way, that home is open to the public and they offer haunted <gasps> oh tours. My- so, are we going? When are we going? Maybe. <laughs> But let's circle back to another haunting tied to the Nicholson Ranch home. So I found a post on Indiana Ghost Trackers from a woman who claims to have lived in the house from 1967 to 1977 with her family. She said the home was white with dark green shutters when she lived there, which seems to track based on the photo of the home when it was moved. You can see chipped away paint and boarded up windows with dark 
dark shutters. Mm -hmm. The woman said her sister was there the day the house was moved. She soon after read the newspaper clippings claiming the house was haunted. When she saw the photo, she recognized the room that the little girl was in as her oldest brother's room that he once lived in. The woman said they had never heard of a young girl dying in the house. However... The family had been told by a neighbor that the home was once a boarding house and that someone had hung themselves in the middle bedroom upstairs. She said they kept the room as a common area for a long time, but eventually her second older brother moved into that room. She did not confirm if the person who hung themselves was a man or a woman, but from what I can tell, there seems to be no record of this death. But they lived in the house in the 60s and 70s. This was before this photo ever came out. And they were still talking about someone who had committed suicide inside this home. So, yeah. So not saying that's true, but we're saying that's where that came from. And from what I could tell from my digging, it seemed that it was a boy or a young man. Yeah. So it doesn't appear to coincide with a little girl ghost. Right, right. So this house appears to be an anomaly when it comes to news coverage. From what I can tell in my own research, there was no word of the house in the press until April 14th, 1880. And that's when David Nicholson, the original owner, did the estate trade with Allison Remy. There's no, like, news coverage about the house being built. Like, it wasn't a big deal. It was just a house, you know? It's just a house. Yeah. The home, which sat on 600 acres of land, was estimated at $60,000. So, of course, I broke out the inflation calculator. Yes, girl. In 1880, $60,000 was roughly $1.8 million today. Jesus Christ. But this makes sense to me. Yeah, it made sense to me because in return, Nicholson gained partial ownership of the Remy Hotel in downtown Indianapolis. Gotcha. Seemed like a fair trade. Yes, yes, yes. In this sales announcement that was published in the Indianapolis News, the house was referred to as Dollar Hyde Farm. So... I was like, okay, I'll do some searches, see if I can find anything under the terms Dollar Hyde Farm. I couldn't find any other reference to this home. Like, it said, like, it was formerly known as Dollar Hyde Farm. I couldn't find another publication that had (laughs) ever referenced (laughs) it that. Yeah. Um, But I can tell you that today in the Valley Mills area, there is both a Dollar Hyde Drive in a neighborhood and a Dollar Hyde creek park interesting that's what i i was like maybe it's like a family thing like a big you know but i i couldn't find any like i was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and i couldn't find anything so diving after all of this i went back to square one to the story that started it all the story (laughs) about this house being relocated in 1997 but for some reason even that was hard to track down I was searching the name of the house. I couldn't find anything. I was searching the man who once owned the house. Yeah. All the families. Nothing. I was able to find the image that caused all this. And I realized that that's all that was published. Just the picture? There was no story about the house. It was just a photo with a little caption that read... 
This 19th century Gothic revival home was on the move Tuesday after being rescued by an interested couple and the historic landmarks foundation of Indiana. It was moved from Mills and Man Roads to Southport and Man Roads on the southwest side. Wow. That is all that there is about the actual move of this house. That's crazy. So... (laughs) with that being said like I could barely find anything I mean I was looking up stories about the road that it was trying to find news coverage of of if something had happened on this road if anybody had died in a house on this road which was hard too because like the house was built in 1870 like it was the road names were different right They had changed the road names. So then I'm like researching, okay, what was this name of this road before? (laughs) In 1800. And I'm looking at like, (laughs) I'm looking at like doodles of like land. And I just like, I literally couldn't find anything. And I think the creepiest thing about this, the mystery of this house is that the origin story of this figure the little girl in the window is completely unknown right okay but that goes back to like what we always say because we if you didn't know by now we were in news at one point in our lives (laughs) once upon a time we did the news Um, yes so images videos sound like anything you can see and hear that will elevate a story and this story is the prime example of that like it wasn't a story at all until a photo was published and that's the story which the house is actually very interesting like i i mean to me i think old houses and stuff the fact that this house that was built almost 150 years ago has withstood time and being cut in half yeah exactly the fact that this house is still here is very crazy and there's so much history behind it the person who built this house like has his own personal imprint on the city of Indianapolis. This is really crazy. And there's so much history here and digging into it. You would think you'd be able to find something that would explain. Right. The little girl. And like, again, I go back to the article that you found that was like most haunted house. I'm like, according to who? Like there's nobody, nobody seems to know anything about it, which is just adding to the mystery to me. And I'm clicking on, like, I find that article by Yahoo and I click on the website that it's linked to and all of these, like, rumors. And it's yeah. linked to, like, a, a ghost website or whatever. You know, people like people are very, like, this is their main interest. They will go visit haunted houses. They will do their own paranormal activity investigations, whatever. But I think it's, I don't know, to me and maybe it's just the news person in me, it's very irresponsible to continue posting, like, lore about, like, the, about the, at the very least, about the Underground Railroad, when that could be easily, I mean, I easily found information backing up that to be to to the Hannah house. So it was just pretty mind-boggling to me. I mean, no, I, I think the most realistic explanation is that the house was passed over so many times. Like so yeah. many people lived in that house that it could be a number of, you know, yeah. that figure could be 
someone Anybody. who lived there in the 1920s or it could be someone who lived there in the 1880s like it you really don't know because right. there was no documentation of right. who was living there um yeah. when it was being rented out to all of these people yeah and you don't know what goes on behind closed doors either like what if someone tragically lost their child like from sickness like it could be that or exactly anything but you have to like I love spooky shit and I know you love spooky shit and like looking stuff up like that you have to take blogs with a grain of salt um yes for sure because it is a lot of just lore and like neighborhood gossip and stuff like that so I think any of those blogs need to definitely have a disclaimer at the top wow it all came just because of a picture with a sentence Mm -hmm. because of a a picture captured it was just absolutely bonkers to me you know normally like when something like that is posted you know from your own research that like it'll say continued on this page and you can continue like reading a full story about it there's nothing this is the page so it's it's the city and state page of the indianapolis star and i'm going to share my screen with you again so that you can see okay so this is what the page looked like the newspaper page and it's just this picture in the middle of the page with this small blurb at the bottom and that's it that's crazy it says historic house gets new home there's no mention of like the person you should say why it's historic yeah no mention of like there's not even a mention of when it was built it just says the 19th century like you could say it was built in it was literally finished building in 1876 there's a plaque outside of the house that now from the historical society that says 1876 so you could even say that so i'm googling like david nicholson the nicholson ran mansion and i can't yeah i can't find anything because it's so fucking vague yeah which like i'm glad that it got like even just this little bit of coverage with the picture but Then it was like the picture wasn't even about the house. It was about this figure, the ghost. Yeah. But it easily, you could have easily attached an article about the history of the home to it. So that, that surprises me. That's crazy. So I told you, I was like, when we hopped on this call, I was like, I'm frustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you said you were like, you were hoping there was like a crime, but the true crime is, didn't you say it was yellow? That's the crime for me. (laughs) The house is yellow. It's yellow. That's the crime. Somebody oh, painted yeah. Do you want to see what the house looks like today? Yes. Like yes. What, it, what it looks like when I drove past it. I wonder if anybody lives there or if it's just like a historic site. I think people do live there, which brings me to my disclaimer. If you're interested in seeing what this house looks like, I feel like there's no harm in that. Drive by if you want to. Please don't bother the people who live here. Leave these people alone. Like, (laughs) seriously. Contact the Historical Society and see if they'll give you information if you're super interested. But that being said, if, because we have a lot of local listeners, if you've heard Mm -hmm. of this house... Or if you know anything more about it, we would love to hear about it. So yeah, reach please out let me know us. if you have, like, your own stories or something. This is what the house looks like now. I actually don't think it okay, looks ugly. Okay, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought. Okay. Yeah, it's actually really cute. It's cute. They did a nice job. It's um, a nice yellow. It's like a pale yellow. I hate when it's just, like, a bright-ass yellow. I like it. Yeah. I retract my statement. It's not a crime anymore. <laughs> I've exonerated the painters. Thank you. Yep. So, good job. 
That was a deep dive in you did. I know. Tell everyone you I feel like you're outing yourself with this story, but No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No one can prove anything. Okay, so a while ago, myself, my brother, and some theater friends went to the Central State Hospital in Indianapolis. So it's known as the asylum locally. It was like a mental institution. It's right by the medical museum, which I really want to go to um, because it has a bunch of creepy shit in jars, which would be cool to see. But like, it's a beautiful building. It's like so haunting. Like you go out and like the windows are cracked. It's like a brick. It looks like a factory and there are cameras. So I will say allegedly this all happened um because there are cameras outside of it that say don't go in there but allegedly we did and immediately we might have allegedly we might have immediately one of my friends fell through the floor (laughs) because it's funny no I know it's it wasn't funny when it happened but the reason I think they want people out of it mostly is because it needs to be condemned and knocked down because like there's holes in the floor like you can see the basement so like she fell through the floor like half of her body and we we're like oh shit and then we grabbed her out because like if she would have fallen she would have broken her legs like yeah because we went straight to the basement so that happened immediately and she cut herself and we we're like great and then we went more into it for a little bit and we we're like looking around and it's actually it's very cool like everything in there is like old like old medical gurneys and there's like hospital like supply oh, records freaks me out yeah yeah yeah. there's like papers that are like just like supply orders there was iv on all the windows and stuff and it was really cool and so we were fucking around in there allegedly and we brought like baseball bats and hockey sticks because we were like what if there are like squatters in here that could yeah. be dangerous which we should not have been in there anyway so young people don't do it it's not worth it don't so, follow megan's lead allegedly don't um <laughs> So then my friend was really bleeding. So we were like, okay, we need to take care of this. So one of my other friends was a like was in the medical field. So they had a first aid kit in their car. So I went out with her and him and we were getting the hand addressed. And then all of a sudden the cops show up and we were like, oh no. And like all of our cars were parked like kind of far away. And like, I was like, I gotta go. Like we gotta leave. And like my brother, mind you, is allegedly still in the asylum with a couple other people. <laughs> I was like, sorry, Jim, gotta go. (laughs) And so we booked it and then we all met up at a place and then we were like waiting for them to come because like they weren't texting us, they weren't doing anything. I was like, shit, what if they got freaking busted by the cops? But eventually they like texted us and we all met up and my brother was like, it was so scary. I think the people across the street called the cops because we had like baseball bats and stuff. (laughs) So allegedly. And so my brother told me like the cops came and they were like, come out with your hands up. Da, 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 da. And then they were scared. So they went in the basement and I was like, don't ever go in the basement. You're going to be stuck in there. Like, yeah, but they saw a window in the basement and there was a plank of wood, like just one, like leading out to the window. So they all one by one, allegedly walked up the wood and crawled out of the window And it opened up to, like, a park, and there was, like, a softball tournament happening. So, remember, they all had bats. We all had bats with us. They just casually, like, put the bats over their shoulder and, like, walked past the cops into their cars and then left. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, nothing spooky happened. It was just... It's the fact that those police officers probably went and gaslit those people who called the cops and they were like, there's a softball tournament happening, so there are obviously people with baseball bats. Right, right. (laughs) It was not... We were not doing any... I mean, we were just stupid and just exploring a creepy place. But, I mean, it was really dangerous. Like, there were holes in floor and shit. Like, highly don't recommend going in there. And also, don't leave your brother... I yeah, felt really don't bad. leave don't leave your little brothers or little sisters. I really want to go out. see the Indiana <laughs> State Sanatorium. Where's that? It's in Park County. It was a tuberculosis <gasps> unit. Ah. Yeah, except when people stopped getting tuberculosis, they just started sending like a insane asylum. Oh, people Yeah, it became like a tuberculosis unit and also an insane asylum and also <laughs> this and whatever. And, and I watched like a documentary on it on YouTube and it's super creepy. <gasps> we have so many places we need to go to now. I know. I'm not going to that fucking house in Gary, though. I'm sorry. You can't. No, pay no, me. no, 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 no. No, no. I don't. Didn't Zach Bagans buy it? The worst person ever. Yeah. Actually, he might have had it torn down. It's demolished. I haven't even watched a documentary about it because I heard that, like, I don't know. I heard some spooky shit don't about, like, if you watch it, you're going to be haunted. No. no. <laughs> I can't. I can't. They were, like, telling people not to watch it. And I was like, done. I won't watch it. Check. Not going to watch this one. Oh, oh my God. God. Well, that was a good one. That was a good spooky fun one. And then next week, we have another spooky one, but this one was Happy a murder. Halloween. Murder. So, yeah, if you like our podcast, <laughs> if you like our podcast, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whichever one you like. Tell your friends about it. We love sharing stories, and hopefully one of these stories we share gets something solved. I would really love to solve Melissa Reynolds' case. Like, that one needs to be solved for sure to give that mom closure. But, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. You can't see me, but I'm giving peace signs. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> good, good for an audio medium. Okay, whatever. <laughs> As former journalists, we want to give credit where credit is due. For this episode, I got my information from the Southside Times, WKDQ-FM, Yahoo News, Haunted Rooms, the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, Fox 59, WRTV, Indianapolis News, and the Indianapolis Star. You can find a complete list of our sources in the show notes. Please make sure you check them out. Bye! Bye. That was a good one. Monotone goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> ah. <laughs>